You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bleh. There it was. That was the beginning of the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. <laughs> uh, I am so leaving that in. Well, it, it, ratings can't be hurt more than they already are. <laughs> ratings. How you doing? <laughs> ratings are such a just a silly idea. Oh, it's I'm Aaron Goldsmith. I didn't introduce you. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. It's perfectly okay. Uh, G-Man, uh, I feel like this is becoming like a regular... A regular thing. Yeah. It's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it's a regular thing. It's fun. I enjoy it. We're definitely doing it consistently. <laughs> Pretty consistently. And it's fun. I really enjoy I mean, it. It's it's on a regular basis. <laughs> it's good to be predictable. It is good In to po- be predictable. Podcast world. Yeah. Yeah, we are predictable. Speaking of that, uh, we got more civil skillets replies than I was expecting. Huh? So we have some shout-outs to, shout to do later in the podcast. I mean, I thank you, everyone. Like, yeah, I can't you know, I believe it. I feel like it. at this point, if we, if we start to put ourselves down, which is just kind of like the pair of slippers that we slide into easily in this <laughs> format, if we start to do that now – in regards to civil skillets, <laughs> then we're putting our listeners down. And that's not, I don't want to do no, that. No, I don't want to do that either. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, thank you. Sincerely, thank you. I mean, a lot of people hung on to the end. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, how long was the final version? Do you know? I, I have to look. It was like an hour. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, it was long. <laughs> We're tr- we're gonna try not to go an hour this time around. By the way, I mean this this is something you would not you and I mean this very much you would not this up. But this is just a text conversation that you and I had late last week that I haven't somehow followed up with you in person about. But like we slash probably more you are somehow like the authority of Major League Baseball podcasts. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that was like a direct. That was like basically a direct text you sent me with almost like a shrugging shoulders and sent along with it. Yeah, like you were right. on a very fancy call. Yeah, like you were the Doctor Fauci of a, of a phone call about podcasts yeah. with Major League Baseball of an MLB. Yeah, of two MLB a conference call with like a million people on it, <laughs> talking about what we're doing with our podcasts. Like the authority. And you didn't dare play an excerpt from our last episode. No, I didn't. I didn't. Which, which is funny, though, at the time, I think that was the most recent episode. I'm like, all these people are going to immediately go to this and listen to this and be like, what? This is what you found? And so there were two, and you'll like this. Uh, One of our favorites was the, the other expert from the Houston Astros, Matt Boltz, who's great. Yeah, if he's but, an expert, I mean, then all of a sudden it completely disengages us yeah, as experts I mean, as well. The, the Astros are doing amazing stuff too, but the fact that it was me and him, I just think is the greatest. It is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I would put Matt Boltz in on a short list of my favorite people in Major League Baseball. He, so he's great. He's really great. It's just so funny. We text right after. Did he, who, who's not more impressive speaking about this, you or Boltzy? I don't know. I mean, I never sound impressive, so it's hard to believe it would be me. I don't know. I mean, you, you, I think you might have fooled some people based I think on, so. I mean, just I, the. I mean, I think what we do sounds really impressive. I mean, 640 episodes sounds pretty impressive. Talked about the yeah, wheelhouse, us. too. I mean, a uh, uh, podcast general with the, the general manager. Yeah. So it all oh, sounds. These guys are real. Man, these are prof- they're pros, man. Yeah. On paper, it's very professional. Oh, it is the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> you think like the Yankees are going to try to lure you away now? Probably. I mean, Sterling. Like, Cash, like Cashman wants a podcast and he's like, give me Gary Hill. Sterling's a big fan. You know that. <laughs> I love coming on your show. <laughs> this, I can't even know. 
How by during this time of uh, nonsensical content on this format, how we haven't played John Sterling's voicemail. Oh, that's right. On me. That needs to be next. Maybe not necessarily. I'm not going to force it on next episode, but in an upcoming episode, John Sterling's voicemail needs to make it. You know what? That would be a good coming up topic. Some of the some of our favorite people that we've talked to. Oh yeah, that is good. We've been so lucky. I think about this all the time because I've I've replayed some of our roundtables, for example, like the Keith Hernandez one I played a couple oh, weeks ago. Good. We have had we are so lucky to have the conversations that we have had through the years. That would be a fun one to just reminisce about some of the great ones and play some excerpts and things like that. John. John and Susan. Oh. I mean, we don't even see them that often, and I feel like I have ten John and Susan stories. Yeah. You know? I don't yeah. Well and we'll and we'll sneak the voicemail in there as well. For the the quick tease to it is that I had John record my voicemail a couple of years ago and i made it seasonal it's my christmas new year's season voicemail which my it's not like i have a voicemail du jour like it's the only seasonal voicemail i have but the reason it's seasonal is because i have it a matt holiday home run call worked into it Mm -hmm. where john sterling sings happy holidays (laughs) (laughs) I mean, oh, I well, okay, I can only play this, like, from, I don't know, like, Thanksgiving through, if you want to stretch it, like, pitchers and catchers reporting. Actually, probably not even that. It's probably January, mid-January. Like, when you take down your Christmas tree or your Christmas lights outside, that's when you got to move on. But it always comes back. This is our next podcast for sure. We have to play it, and then you get to tell the story about him recording it, which is fabulous as well. The whole thing it's is great. So great. I it want to say it's so amazing. bad. I'll hold off. I will, I will wait. Yeah. It'll give us content. Hashtag content. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, want... I, I hope you go through the rest of this podcast with your shoulders back and your chest out a little bit more, you know, feeling not only the great response from civil skillets, but the, your import to this league wide conference call about this very podcast and those like it. Just, yeah. I want you just, you know, you're you're working hard, G man. I want you to feel good about it, you know. I have a story to start too. Okay. This is good. So for people that listened or watched last night, the same games were on TV and radio last night, uh, on classics. It's is this gonna come out it's Tuesday. Is this coming out on Wednesday? Uh, the night before, yeah. Two nights ago, I guess now. You're some expert. She can't even We're not live, Gary. What? <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one. So Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr., the night they hit back-to-back home runs, which I still find the fact that it actually happened is pretty ridiculous. But uh, I got a text during the game from Tom Wassel, host at 710, asking why Matt Young was wearing number one. And when you look at the screenshot or watch him on TV, it's like, it is weird to see a pitcher wear number one. I mean, first of all, single digits is pretty rare as it is, but number one is, it's an odd number and the baby blue and he had it. And I remember that when senior had signed, he'd wore number 30 with the reds forever. And he had worn number 30 with the Mariners and Matt young had worn 30 up until that point. So Matt young was 30 gives it to King Griffey senior and then picked a different number. I had no idea why, so I thought of all the people who would know, Randy Adamack, of course, would know. I mean, he knows everything about the Mariners, right? So he started, it was his first year, by the way, the second year of the franchise, yeah. 78. Yeah. 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 He knows everything. Our former, our former boss who then got elevated to walk on water status and right. now is assistant to the most important people in, in the organization. That's right. It's a good description. So he didn't know the story, but he does what he can do. He just calls Matt Young. It's like the funny thing about that is Randy, whom I love, like I will love him forever. He and it's not only because he hired me, uh, but he's just one of the great human beings in this game. But like Randy is so humble and calm 
and like almost quiet that he's not even the kind of guy who's like the power play guy. Like, oh, let me just call him. Right. I know. But, no, that like, wasn't it, it at all. That's yeah. not his style. No. But it is his style to be connected, like to be silently connected to every former mayor. Yeah. Yeah. So he just calls Matt Young and asks him the story, <laughs> which I think is fabulous. So Matt Young knew that Senior was going to sign. So he just handed 30 to him, which I think is a pretty great thing to do. It's not very often you see like mid-season number changes. So his daughter, Matt Young's daughter at the time, was like five, six years old. And he asked his daughter, what number should I wear now that I'm not number 30? You should wear number one. Okay, I'm going to wear number one. And that was it. So the final month of the season, he wore number one because that's what his daughter suggested. I think it's fab. I think the whole story is great. Well, I, and, you know, I don't I'm not sure if this was just left out of the story or if this is actually a key part of the story. But if if it is, as you said, it's pretty cool that he just gives the number. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And doesn't, and doesn't try the barter route, right. which there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. And there's some cases where like the barter route is, though, the route to take. But it is pretty cool when you just have so much respect for the in this case, the incoming player where you go, hey, man. Like, this is yours. Yeah. Especially mid-season like that. I mean, that's right. amazing. Like, I want you to have it. That's yeah. pretty awesome. So I thought that was a cool story. So I was, uh, you know, we have Griffey Week this week going in on Classics. And I was doing some editing that I have not told you about specifically, because I was going to tell you in this, because you are going to laugh and laugh. So I'm dealing with the Griffey era is a total cassette era, right? Actually... <laughs> Uh, when we're talking about Mariners classics, the ones we're playing, we are on cassettes up until the year 2000. So I am dealing. Oh, what? I know. I know. That's a, yeah. Right. Doesn't that seem kind of late? Oh, woof, man. Yeah. And then mini discs in there at all. Full games were never on mini discs. Highlight. There were some highlights on mini discs. Full games went from cassettes to CDs in 2001. Wow. So sorry, sorry, man. That's rough. It's a lot of cassettes, and it can be a real struggle. Uh, I mean, first of all, finding the games is can be tricky. Uh, we're lucky, though. It, it's funny. I was just talking to Boltsy today about it from the Astros, and uh, you know they don't have much at all, and most teams don't have much at all, which is amazing. Like, like you, archival sound, yeah, like full games. Like they just don't have them. And cool. I mean, you would think, but that's kind of with every team. You know, I was talking to Cleveland not too long ago and it's like, yeah, we don't, eh. it's amazing. Like you would think like everyone would have everything. Right. But it's just, it's not the case. So we're fortunate. It's that, like not having your family photos. Yeah. And so we're fortunate that Kremen just, he kept a lot. I mean, we don't have everything, but he kept a lot starting from about 94 we have a really good archive of full games. Like there's full years missing in that span and there's some games missing in that span, but generally we have, we have a lot, which is great, but cassettes can be so tricky. I mean, think about it for people that have dealt with cassettes. I mean, when you're recording the games in a studio, it's like you're recording something at home where once the tape runs out, you got to put another tape in. And if you're like, <laughs> in a studio working like that can be even, even best case scenario, you're going to miss a couple of pitches because right. it takes time to take it out, put the next one in, start recording, whatever. Worst case scenario, if they're not paying attention, like three innings go by and all of a sudden you're like messing with the game and it's missing a bunch of innings. So I was doing one of these Griffey games and this one wasn't too bad. You know, some changeovers. Sometimes you get lucky and it's during a commercial break and things like that. But I had one that was really tough. You know, sometimes you miss a batter, sometimes you miss a couple of pitches, just kind of bloop and hope no one notices. So this one, it was in the seventh inning, bottom of the seventh, and it was it was so hard because it's the last out of the last out of the inning. So it's really hard to just skip over the last out. <laughs> and it cut off halfway. Like, ground ball behind first base, Boggs picks it up. 
and it ends there. <laughs> and it's like, and some of the things I can get creative and kind of, yeah, cut some things out. And, but that one is like, how do I transition from Boggs behind first base? What do I do? So I was thinking about the previous inning. There was a ground ball. And Rick says, throw to first base, and it's a one, two, three inning for the Yankees. I was like, huh. So I kind of stick it in there. Boggs behind first, picks it up, throw to first base. It's a one, two, three inning for the Yankees. It happened to be a one, two, three inning. What? So, so I took out the Yankees part, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the score hadn't changed. So, so it ends with Boggs behind the bag at first. Throw to first base, and it's a one-two-three inning. Mariners lead five to three, whatever it was. I don't remember the exact score. So I stuck it in and has the exact same ending in the two innings, but it transitioned to the next inning. <laughs> I was so proud. <sighs> I was see now that is amazing. Yeah. I was very much hoping that you were going to just, you know, recreate the call, Gary. Oh. And go right from Rick's voice to Gary's voice. So it's funny that you say that. I was cutting one of the 95 games. And it was coming from, it was one of the big games. So it was coming after a produced tape. And I'm listening to this thing. And Dave, here comes the pitch. And then another voice comes on and says, fly ball to center field. Griffey back. He makes the catch. And then it goes back to Dave. What? I'm like, what? <laughs> I rewind it. And it's John Miller. So whoever it was, you know, it must have been the same tape thing that I deal with. There's a, you know, a cut, but they they had access, obviously, to the ESPN feed of the game. So they clipped out John Miller calling the fly ball and just kind of stuck it into that tape. And so I played it on the air. So I don't know how many people noticed that. John Miller randomly called one of these outs in one of these games, which I think is amazing. Are you serious? Yes, totally That's serious. incredible. It's a problem with tapes. It's like, it is what it is, yeah. you know? Now it's digital. It captures everything. But back then, I mean, there's some big gaps. Big gaps. I had to go to YouTube to help fill in the Gaylord Perry game. Did you really? Yeah. Like full half innings. I think I did a pretty good job. I don't think anyone really noticed, but it can be a lot of work, man. And some of the tapes are just in bad shape. They sound terrible. I've had to do some surgery, you know, taking the guts out, putting them on other cassettes. Because of all this and the work that you are subsequently doing, like the long-term benefits for our archive, I mean, how... There, there must be just, I mean, hundreds of hours of yeah now digitized audio that wasn't previously. I mean, is that is that true? That's right. And, you know, it's funny. This is all stuff I've been doing slowly over time. This is all games that I've been wanting to do. It's just this situation has accelerated the work or... I mean, there, there is not a waking second during the course of the day where I'm not digi at least digitizing something and getting it. Because, I mean, people don't might not realize this, but, I mean, it's it's all in just real time. This isn't like right. That's the problem writing a file too. on your desktop and it yeah. uploads or downloads in one minute. Yeah, so think about, like, a, a big game from 95 where we're generally the po pregame, postgame are on a tape, generally a long game. So you're talking about three cassettes at least, Sometimes four, two sides. I mean, you're talking about four hours, five hours, six hours, depending on, of real time to get a game in. Yeah. Then how do you, is it just by pure luck that you happen to stumble on these moments where there's John Miller that comes in? Because, I mean, like, you're not going to, you don't have time to listen to every second of every game that you digitize. So I don't listen in real time. What I do, and it's funny because my wife can tell you about the keyboard, just da 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 because I listen to like 10-second increments because while I edit these, and especially in that era, 
they were taking station IDs and traffic like every 10 minutes. So <laughs> I'm taking out, especially in the, the mid 90s. I mean, and you can hear it. They'll take a station ID or they'll say, and we're coming to you live from the kingdom. And then they'll go to traffic. They'll play, oh, that's play. The for traffic. Yeah. And then traffic will come. So every 10 minutes there's something happening. So I, I, I'm taking all of that stuff out as we go. So I have to like, you're cutting all of that out. Yeah. So I have to listen consistently is why I, I end up hearing the whole game. It's like hearing a, you know, it's like on the app now when you go to a condensed game. So I feel like I, I listen to all the action cause I, I'm seeing all the wavelengths as I'm editing. So that's basically... Oh. So I end up hearing just about everything. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of work, it's but... It's a ton of time, man. But it's worth it, I think. And I have found some games that we're missing, too. Uh, Kyle Brown from 710. I asked him to look around the station. He came up with five boxes of stuff the other day. Which is just like how... I... I'm glad you asked. I mean, how, how, how do five boxes? It's like any, it's like anyone's house where, you know, there's a random room with a random closet with random boxes. You know what I mean? It's like anything else. And in that, so there's some games where if somebody has looked at the schedule the first two months and wondered like, why is, why haven't you played the Mike Cameron four home run game? Well, that's because I haven't had the Mike Cameron four home run game, which is, you know, that's a that's a big game in Mariners history. But in that box, one of the boxes that Kyle found was a bunch of games from 2002 on CD, and that was one of them. So, oh really? Yeah. So I now have the Mike Cameron four home run game. That's a huge. So one. I love this stuff, and I love the fact that I'm finding games that were gone. Like, I just found the 2001 uh, clinch game. There were 116 win game, which was gone. That was gone. Big, was big gone. moments, yeah. So it's a lot of work, but the fact How many that we'll, backups do you have of this, by the way? I mean, is it like multiple hard drives or like... Just for... for I, I realize that not everything is digitized, but of the digitized audio, because you have... I mean, I understand that like... Uh, uh, MP3 doesn't take up a ton of space. Right. But you multiply that times, I don't know, like 5,000 of yeah. them. Well, this this is when you make fun of my computer and the one that I take around. Oh, my around. gosh. It's, yeah, your computer is, it's like, it's like the first laptop that was ever made. <laughs> so my laptop has three and a half terabytes on it. So I have so I have the entire Mariners archive on it. And then I back it up to the cloud and other places too. So it, it exists. If like my computer gets nailed by a line drive or something. I still feel like I mean, you know a lot about computers. Uh-huh. Way more than I do. But I just I feel like there is a you know, three terabytes, man, they, they package that stuff small now. You know, you don't need, it's not like a, the size of a stinking billboard, which is what you got. <laughs> like when we walk to the ballpark sometimes, I'm just like, I don't know if Gary's going to make it. <laughs> it's the only reason I work out, so I'm able to carry my computer around. <laughs> Jeez. Well, uh, Mariner's... Mariners fans around the globe, thank you for your efforts and your energy spent towards the scare. And I love telling, I feel good that people that listen to this podcast get a little insight on, especially the the cheat with the Rick Riz double inning ending. <laughs> it makes me laugh that people listening to this will know that I had to cheat to finish an inning, which I think is pretty great. That is terrific. And very clever on your part. <laughs> you are a man. That's for sure. Uh, should we get to real things now? Oh, I mean, shoutouts. Insist. I guess we said we weren't going an hour, so what? We're a half hour in already, so I oh, guess we good. should we're speed things up. So I can't give everyone a silver skillet shoutout. I I apologize. We'll be here for a long time, but I do want to. We promised some shoutouts, so here's a few people. Jonathan counts. 
Garrett Riddle, John Nordstrom, Jim Cavan, who, by the way, said, I'd never thought I'd make it to the end. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's which is great. I'm hoping that's a shot. I'm not sure. I think I think it is. I hope it is. John Nordstrom said we should stop apologizing for rambling. Okay. Thanks, John. Rob Nielsen, who also sent a picture of the Valley Mug, which I forwarded to you. Uh, the Valley, Rob, the Valley Mug looks incredible. Yeah. Chris Stiles, uh, you all said nice things, too, which is very much appreciated. Jerome Jordan, Scott Spaulding, Eduardo Ortega. These are all skillet people? What? Yes. And there were more. I mean, there's so many people, which was, which is really kind. We really appreciate it. And unbelievable. And very unbelievable. Like, did Russia tamper with this? I know, it was all bots. I think all yeah. these people are real. I didn't verify, but they seemed real. With, like, written notes. Which was great. Wow. So we asked our... What was our last one? Favorite things, right? Yeah, And this things. is how Silver, Silver Skillets... Silver Skillets. ...happened. Yeah. Because you had a skillet. And I had musket balls. I mean, is that how we sum up the last show? Is that what happened? That is 100% what happened. And by the way, I was lying. I think I was lying in bed or maybe I was on the couch late at night after the podcast. And you texted me a photo of your musket balls. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I'm looking at my phone and Heather, my wife, goes, what are those? (laughs) Like, yeah. Very claims, and I like, I you know obviously I ripped you to shreds and said that you you fabricated this. Not that you fabricated it, but somebody fabricated it to get somebody in your family to buy these, and they're not real. Did you mention Appomattox Courthouse? Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Oh, good. Yeah, don't worry. Your your reputation is pristine. Excellent. So we got uh, we got some stories. I, I think you're gonna like this one. This is from Alex Burt. Uh, <laughs> so here's his favorite things. When I was a kid, my absolute favorite baseball player was Brett Boone. Alex said he played second base in little league and wanted to be just like Brett Boone. He collected every version of his baseball card. There was to collect. He was, he thought Brett Boone was the best. And on top of that, he lived just a few blocks from Brett Boone in Kirkland and one of his friends was like his next door neighbor. So on Halloween in 2001, he mustered up the courage to trick or treat at Brett Boone's house. So, so he trick or treats. He got a box of hot tamales from his wife, and it was the king size. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, it's Brett Boone. You know, it's king size candy. <laughs> He said there was no way I was going to eat it, so I kept the unopened box of candy on my desk for the next 10 years as a prized possession. (laughs) 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 And then, well, then what? I mean, 10 years. And then his mom threw it out after you graduated and left home. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's terrific. That's, you know, that is, Alex, that is great. Uh, self-discipline and determination on your part. But on the other hand, that's just, I'm just sad to see the wasted tamales, man. Yeah. It's too bad. But I understand the sentimental value. It's too bad that he didn't go get the box autographed. That would have been great. Now that, and then see the look on Boone's face when Alex says, yeah, five years ago, I got these at your house on Halloween. I mean, Booney would have, I think Booney would have had a look. Right, if it were like me one too. of a great being impressed, but also being a little creeped out. I would have asked uh, Booney to bat flip the box because that would be great <laughs> to see. He had an all time bat flip, which was great, all timer. It was incredible. Another story from Jacob Nielsen. This one was written in, which is great. He was at the ballpark before a game, and down below on the warning track, and Mike Trout was just kind of hanging around. He asked Mike Trout for a picture, and he did. He said no problem. He sent me the picture too. Yeah, because I was thinking about this. I'm looking at the, his picture with Mike Trout, just the two of them. And I, I'm i thinking about Mike Trout's, 
you know, where he is going to end up in terms right. of a who's who in baseball history. And that's what I think about when I see a picture like that. Like he's going to go down as what top, whatever. I mean, he's on pace to be the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Of right. position players, if you want to get nerdy about right. it. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like here's a picture of you and Mickey Mantle type thing. Yes, right? that's a that's a perfect way. That's a that's a perfect way to put it. Let's see. Uh, I had another one. It's like if you get your picture taken with Buck O'Neill. <laughs> yeah. So keep your picture of Mike Trout. Yeah. Which is easier in the it. digital era. Yeah, that's. I was mine was in the cassette era. Okay, this one's good, too. This is from AJ. So, AJ, in 2014, this is one of his favorite games they've ever been to. It was the last game of the season against the Angels. And if you remember, this was a game where yeah, playoffs man. were possible. It was going down to the last day of the season. And Felix would have struck out 20 guys that game. Yeah, he would have. And I Felix, mean, for real, dude. Yeah. He was so locked in. He was just... Dynamo. I know. And unfortunately, they got eliminated in the middle of the game. So we never got to see how that would have played out. But yeah. Right? I mean. Yes. He he came out like in the sixth inning. Yeah. Like the, like the very beginning of the sixth. The only reason point. he went back out there was so they could pull him and he could get an ovation. So that's where this story starts. Is AJ is at the ball game. And he gets there early and he goes behind the bullpen and he's watching Felix warm up. And he said, it's just packed. I mean, everyone knows the stakes. It's electric. He said it was amazing. And so his wife, he and his wife are there watching Felix warm up. And Felix is warming up and people are everywhere. Felix does his last pitch, chucks the ball. AJ sticks his hand out. Voop, what? Catches the ball. I mean, you know, the last last pitch before Felix goes out onto the field, and which I always think is very underrated part of King's Court is the Felix walk from the bullpen to the dugout. When I'm the man would play. I mean, that was right. so, so great. But anyway, so he's got the ball, right? And, you know, he talks about, it's a, it's a long email, but it's really good. He, he talks about, you know, what that game was like and, you know, the playoffs were on the line and watching Felix. So he is, he's kept that ball forever. Fast forward to January, 2020 and the Mariners caravan is in town. So he takes his wife and his son, Griff. Griff? Griff, which he does not elaborate on Griff, but I, I have to assume, right? For sure. Okay. So they are going, uh, He's going to meet his wife and son at the caravan and told them to bring a few baseballs if they want some autographs. So they get autographs from Shed Long and the Mariner Moose is there and Brandon Brennan is there. And so they get home, which is great. It's the Mariner's caravan, which is always fun. And uh, they get home, put the baseballs back in his son's room and realized his wife had grabbed the Felix ball. So now his son has Felix's 2014 warm-up ball with a Brandon Brennan autograph on it, which I think is a great bookend of the story. I mean, is that, does AJ feel okay about that? I think so. Okay. He seems to feel okay about it. All right, as long as AJ's cool with it. Yeah. And then he ends the email by saying silver, silver skillets. It's hard to say. It's easier to type, I bet. Or was it Ulysses Flay? That's a good one, too. So I like, I, I like that story. Boy, that game, man! I remember. I was. I like. I remember being, like, very emotional at the yeah. end of that game. Because, like, you know, you drive to the ballpark that day, and it's like, hey, man, we could have. I'm trying to remember the exact situation. It was like the Mariners were basically playing for a wild card play-in game. Mm-hmm. If I'm remembering, like there was a chance that like they would like fly to Kansas City for a play-in game for the Wild, something something like that. But you're like, hey man, this is like this could happen. But then what? A the A's beat Texas in Texas. Yeah. 
they were ahead of us time zone wise of course so we found yeah, but you know what i remember AJ, i'm glad aj i'm glad you were there and have fond memories as well what i remember about that too is i remember at that point the mariners playing really well too like i remember thinking especially if you're able to use Felix in a series, like this is not necessarily a team that you'd want to face at that point in 2014. Yokuma was really good. Yeah, man, for sure. Axon was really good. I mean, they had solid rotation, especially in a series, but yeah, it's too bad. So here's a recorded one. This one, I think, is really, really good. This one is from Adrian. <laughs> she's going to tell the story. Oh, I don't, I don't want to give it away. So here it is. Hi, I'm Adrian. And my favorite thing is my full size Ken Griffey Jr. Cardboard cutout. He's wearing the gray road uniform and running in from center. In March 1997, my mom and sister were shopping and came across it. Being a big Mariners fan, with Griffey as my favorite player, they thought it would be a funny thing to get me. They snuck it into the house and told me to look in the family room. Cardboard Griffey was the last thing I expected. He lived in the corner of the family room the rest of the year. It took a while to get used to him being there. He startled us a few times when we would come around the corner. During the season, he'd get a fist bump after a home run, good play, or a win. When the season ended, Griffey had to stay in my room upstairs. When spring training started, he came back down to the family room. This tradition continued until its trade. He did return when the Reds played at Safeco, and of course when he signed again with the Mariners. Cardboard Griffey would have gone with me to Griffey's Hall of Fame induction, but I couldn't get him to fit in my suitcase. My Griffey is now retired to a quiet corner in my house, still bringing joy after 23 years. Thanks for listening about my civil skill. Aaron, I wish I should have forwarded you to the picture because she sent me a picture as well. So she sent me the picture of the life-size King Griffey Jr. cutout that she still has hanging out in her house, which is great. There can't be many of those cutout. still hanging there around, can't be, right? right? And it looks like it's an absolute perfect condition, like it has never been touched. And it's Griffey... He's wearing uh, gray road uniforms. He's got the eye black ball cap. It's, you know, he's got the autograph Ken Griffey Jr. near his shoes. It's really, really amazing looking. That, yeah, there, there. I'm, I'm going to say that there are fewer than ten of those in circulation right now in the world. Yes, because those don't, those don't wear well. Right, I mean, those get no. beat up and banged up. And my favorite part of the story, and I can. I totally get this is like you're sleepy walking through your house in the dark and you look over, ah, and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's somebody, like, somebody standing we have there. The, um, we have, we've been keeping our children's height on the James Paxton. Oh, nice. grow by year, life size, you know, six foot five, whatever giveaway that it was mm -hmm. from a few years ago. And it until recently resided behind the door in what was a guest room until we had, until we decided to have another baby. And so now it's the baby's room. But so like whatever in-laws come and stay and then they close the door and now you have James Paxton. <laughs> but I mean, he's Canadian. He's so nice, man. Yeah, I mean, just he's... look at him. You know, if, if anybody that I would want staring at me while I'm in bed in the middle of the night. <laughs> I would want it to be James Paxton. <laughs> That's on the record. It's on the record. Yeah, we're leaving that in too. That's great. I would not be. I would not be ashamed to tell James that to his face. Yeah, James is great. He's a great guy. See, you agree. I do agree. He's amazing. Uh, this last one is from Jason Mangus, who is a very good friend of mine, and I am thrilled that he sent this one in because this makes my day, and this actually makes me want to take a road trip. Here's this. Hey, Gary and Aaron, uh, this is Jason Mangus. Gary, uh, you and I had known each other a long time. Aaron, I met one time and uh, in the booth uh, for an unmemorable game, but uh, I goofed on Gary, and he seemed to really enjoy that. So we, we have met. Um, I was in listening to your favorite things episode, and Gary was telling the story about a photo he bought at the auction 
uh, when they tore down the kingdom. And he mentioned that they were, they also had the dugouts available for auction. Well, weirdly, I know, I know who, someone who owns one. Uh, it is here in Kingston, on Highway 104. You can go see it. It is a, a family friend in, um, who owns CB's Nuts which is a successful peanut roastery in Kingston, thousands of miles from anybody who can grow a peanut, but they have a business and uh, they own this thing. And it's sitting there on the road and you can pull in and buy some peanut butter and, and look at the Mariners' old dugout. And uh, the thing that's striking about it, it is tiny. It is a piece of junk. I mean, there's nothing luxurious about it in the least. It's basically a shipping container with some benches bolted to it. Um, but uh, I thought I would would relay that I know where one of those auction items went, and it's right here in, uh, in Kingston. Come visit it. Um, really enjoying the pod. It's a little odd, and... Uh, Great to hear about, uh, great to hear Aaron goof on Gary's musket balls. But uh, keep it up, guys. It's uh, it's putting a smile on everyone's face. I feel like I have to go find the Mariners' dugouts. The fact that they're in Kinston, Jason knows where they are. I feel like that's worth a road trip and possible interview at the same time, right? Well, the interview, interview for sure. I... <sighs> It seems impossible, right? Is it not? I don't know. I mean, his description is perfect because they don't look like much. I mean, it, it looks like something you, you could put together in your garage. So yeah, you like 30 bucks. Yeah. And put some blue paint on it. I mean, they're, it's not like you'd lay your eyes on them. Oh, yeah. There they are. I think this would make a great Mariners Sunday Magazine feature, and I, I think, think the Mariners will will pay for your gas card to get. You there. think so to get to yeah. Kingston? Yeah, I sh- I'm I'm going to do it at some point. And don't even like call in advance. Just oh, for sure, knock on the door. It's kind of like Field of Dreams, you know, in Iowa. Like people just, just you just look down the street and it's just headlights. Just start walking around somebody's yard. It's okay. Hand over I'm with $20. the Mariners. <laughs> it's okay. Gary, I'm, uh, Gary Hill here. No, I was going to say I was Aaron Goldsmith. <laughs> hey, it's okay. Rick Riss sent me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, by the way, I was driving around the other day. I, I don't know what how this got prompted. I think it got prompted because there was just some beater car that pulled in front of me, and all I could think about what people don't know that we do is we come up with. <laughs> uh, couple with commercials that we that the other one endorses for just like wretched brands <laughs> and my probably like my go-to one at least the go-to one that i can actually say on um, even as informal of a platform as this is gary hill here for saturn <laughs> I mean, and you know, I take it back. They're not all wretched brands. Right. Some of them are just like irrelevant. Yeah. You know, like, Aaron Goldsmith here for Plymouth Valore. I mean, that's that's really what we're looking for. Gary Hill here for glue sticks. <laughs> like that kind of thing. I mean, like nothing wrong with a glue stick, but I mean, if that's Gary's biggest account, you know, that's all. We've really let people on the inside, haven't we? Yeah. Right. So, well, just, I was, you know, just thinking. I mean, how many weeks is this? Because you know? <laughs> we we do that all, all the time. <laughs> it's either Gary, it's either it's either we let these kinds of cats out of the bags, uh-huh. or there's just no show. That's true. It's a good point. You know, I mean, it's a good point. What else are we doing? Oh. By the way, this is why we request listener interaction. Yeah, because if not, it's the whole show of Gary Hill here for plungers 
Right. You know? And the podcast would be seven minutes and it just wouldn't be good at all. <laughs> so, so your interaction is pretty key to this whole thing. Actually, it'd be good if we knew what percentage of listeners only listen for seven minutes. Oh. We, we might have a higher retention rate. Work on that, on those metrics, would you? Yeah, You're an authority do that. in this space. I'll do that for sure. Uh, that's it. That's all I have. That's all you got? Yeah. That's pretty good. They were good, good stories. Yeah, they were. I mean, what was the first one again? I thought, I thought the first one was great. The, the hot first write in one. The hot tamales. That's right. Hot I mean, tamales. I can just, I can picture a box, a king size yes. box of hot tamales just sitting on a desk forever. Why do you have that? Brett Boone's wife gave them to me. No, was it was that AJ? Am I remembering that correctly? AJ? It's not AJ. It was Alex. Uh, AJ. In no, Alex. Alex AJ. Burke. Okay. Yeah. Alex. Like, can you imagine Alex has had this box for like five years mm-hmm. and then starts like, would, would in five years, would he have been like late teens? Am I yeah. putting this math yeah. together right? Okay. Like meets a girl. Starts <laughs> to have like a serious relationship. Okay. Maybe more than five years. It's, you know, we're seven, eight years into this, right? Uh-huh. Like a, like a real, they're in college. And the girl's like, hey, what's with, hey, can I have a hot tamale? No, 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 no. Not. What are you thinking? Meredith? I mean, and you, well, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I just wanted some candy. No, you can, no, do, do not, do not open that box. Why? Well, it's nine years old. And it's from Brett Boone's house. Meredith, it's over. I kept I kept a couple of random food items for a long time. Do you have a King Griffey Jr. bar in your yes. freezer? At my parents' house, it is still on the fridge. A blue cover and a yellow cover. King Griffey Jr. chocolate bars still have them. How old is that? I mean, that was the early 90s. How okay? See now, this is the problem with any kind of streak, right? Especially, I mean, I I don't want to, I don't want to hurt you, but like irrelevant streak. Can I? Is that can I? Is that in your feelings? Okay. Like at this point, how would you feel if they threw it away? Because what's the end game here? Uh, I mean, the end game to, at some point. Own the last two Ken Griffey <laughs> Jr. chocolate bars in the world. I think that's the clear end game. I'm just going to outlast everybody. But okay, I I, I I don't know why I'm actually engaged in this conversation. You'll never know that that's the case. Like you'll never know that you have the last two. 1989. Oh my god. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm not going to eat them. That's I'll, oh, I'll guarantee you that. Not. They're unedible. I also have, and I, I'm not sure if I still have this. This may have gotten thrown away. I'm not sure why I kept this for so long. It was, I'm not even sure how I got this. I had a, because I was not a Mets fan by any stretch. When the Mets beat the Red Sox to win the World Series... I had this RC Cola can celebrating the Mets World Series victory over the Red Sox. And for whatever reason, I just had it on display forever. Gary Hill here for RC Cola. RC Cola. Do you know where you can get RC Cola? Where? Come on. Don't come on me like I'm a bad person for not knowing this. Yes, answer. you're a bad person for not knowing this. You should know immediately where you can get RC Cola. And Hawaiian Punch. Oh, the Coliseum. <laughs> the Coliseum. You can go to their, you know, their, their little machines it's, right outside called, the broadcast yeah, booth. It's you called can the get, soda machine. Yeah, their soda machine. You can get RC Cola out of the soda machine and Hawaiian Punch. And not just like normal Hawaiian Punch flavor. I can't even remember what flavor it is. I but can tell you exactly what it is. It's Hawaiian Punch Lemonade. <laughs> yes. And there's one other on there that's just bizarre. Well, people need to realize what you, I mean. We've kind of glossed over the beef of this story, which is 
the Oakland Coliseum has the most Oakland Coliseum soda fountain uh-huh. in the restroom, which is not a room. It's a it's a nook. Yeah. That you will <laughs> you could ever conceive. Like if somebody said, "You're paint me a picture of what the Coliseum <laughs> soda machine should look like, fountain should look like." This to a T, to a T. And it was. I mean, see, any other any other team has Coke or Pepsi, right? Normal choices, yes. Like I think is like Crush one of the other fountains, like <laughs> <Yeah. flavor? laughs> Yes. Like Orange Crush is that what it is? I think that's right. <laughs> I mean, well, I think it was last year. I was actually like, I'm doing it. I'm trying the Hawaiian Punch lemonade, <laughs> and it tasted like you know. Toilet bowl cleaner, just like you would expect. Hey, last was I think it was last year, maybe that we did the actual scientific experiment of the hot dog machine in the media room nook. Yeah, I was just going to mention this. Yeah, I mean it's the Seven Eleven rollers, right? Like yeah. the long Perfect description, metal silver tubular bars, mm-hmm. and this this thing is big. Yeah. Like this is like easily almost three feet wide and like a foot and a half deep and big fatty rollers <laughs> for these big fatty hot dogs, man. These are just like, like if John Madden's fingers became hot dogs, that's what they're cooking. And whatever, halfway through the pregame show, 15 minutes, maybe before first pitch, they put these Madden finger doggies on and just let them start to turn, baby. And like 50 of them. Oh, like it is packed edge to edge, back to back, belly to belly, just greasy dogs cooking, churning, spinning, twirling. And before long, you. <laughs> what is that aroma of? man-made meat on a griddle permeating the Oakland Coliseum media nook. Oh, it is John Madden finger hot dogs that inning by inning (laughs) begin to explode. Just, just like, like, like something like straight out of stranger things, just these little fissures and cracks become crevices and craters and before long they're like black and charred and just ballooning but people take them yeah and they eat them they eat them because you know what by the seventh inning they're gone gonzo all of them. every time every time those are guaranteed <laughs> at least 750 calories oh. per dog for sure. Plus the bun. And I even like informally interviewed without a recording device some Oakland Coliseum <laughs> employees who were like scampering to the hot dog roller griddle to get one of these things. And I'm like, you like you're eating that. <laughs> oh, yes, we are. Yes, we are. I mean, it's like this is their dinner. Yeah. It's not good, man. And uh, Oakland Coliseum, best pregame food options. For sure. Only because it's not really technically eating at the Oakland Coliseum. (laughs) You're eating on the curb of the Coliseum. Food trucks. And they are amazing. They are dynamite. Dynamite. And they're 10 bucks. 12 bucks. Oh, well, I mean... You know, when you go crab fries, they're more. But, oh, the soft serve truck is like, oh, game over, man. Game over. Then they have, like, Dennis Eckersley and Ricky Anderson out there, the mascots, running around. It's great. Everything about the Coliseum. You know, for the longest time in the TV booth, the counter that... We would lay our working materials on, laptop, iPad, scorebook, pens, etc. It was carpeted. Like the counter 
was carpet. And it was disgusting. It was like, it's like if you went to a local university, you go to your dorm room back in Pullman, okay? You rip up that carpet. You staple it onto a piece of wood. Take it to a big league ballpark and tell major league broadcasters <laughs> to put their hands and most precious viable electronics on it for like seven to eight hours at a time. That's what it was. Like just like ground up pieces of ramen noodles into it. Stained, yeah. I mean, hot dog pieces yeah. from the Madden griddle. Right. <laughs> just such a great place. God, it's nice. <laughs> So now that we're approaching an hour on this, uh, oh, come on. Oakland hot dogs. Is that, is that our keyword oh, for this a, one? That's <laughs> what was the name of the town, uh, where the duckouts are? Was it King Kingston? Kingston. Kingston. Yeah, boy. Civil skills is just so good. It's it's hard to live up to that. Yeah. Maybe it's not an every show thing. I don't know. Hawaiian hot dogs. RC hot dogs. RC hot dog. RC dog. RC dog. RC dog. RC dog. Is that one word? Yeah. Is was civil skills one word? Uh, Some people separated. Some people used it as one word, like a hashtag, which I Mm, I like that. Because some were on Twitter, some were on email. That makes sense. By the way, Mariner's Pod at Mariner's.com is the... Oh, yeah. Good point. Should Mariner's mention Pod, that Mariner's once in a while. Yeah. Put that out there. God, I'm, you know, I'm not going to apologize for going an hour because um, John or somebody yeah, told us... John told us not to apologize. He's basically like, guys, you be you. You be you. Yeah. Right? This is us, a rambling mess. This, I mean, all this is, guys, this is just, Gary and I are just recording every day. Yeah, this is what, if you wonder what it's like prepping for a ball game in our booth before we take the air, it's like (laughs) this. Or walking to the ballpark. Yeah. The only thing that we generally do that we don't do on here is quiz each other about baseball reference. (laughs) Or not even baseball reference, just like. Well, I mean, yes, I guess it is technically baseball reference, but it's not just like numerical things. It's no. just ridiculous roster yeah. things. Right. Yeah. Just random, random facts. Like, like the one answer would be Vidal Nuno. Yes. That's perfect. And the only thing, the only other thing is sometimes we eat with blow. And that's, that's not something we do on here, but that's something we could do at the ballpark. <clears throat> Right. But I was telling other than that, today. other than that, people are getting the full experience. I think we reached an hour. All right. Thanks, this Blow. Was fun. As I said at the beginning. Yeah. No, we're keeping it regular, which is good. <laughs> okay. So is that it? Are you done? Yeah, we never came up with like a real branding tag for this one. This was part two. No, but like you know. Oh, for the for the yeah yeah yeah. I, I kind of liked RC Dog. RC Dog. I guess I just like RC Cola more than you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you drink some every time? Yes, I make it a point. <laughs> 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 I made a point. Here. At least at least one of the games were there to have a little bit of RC Cola. Of course the thing never right, RC- works right either. It's all it's spitting syrup everywhere. Oh, I mean it's, it's a big mess. Man, it spits everywhere. <laughs> like, like if you, you gotta have a stand back shirt on. You gotta stand back as far as you can and reach out your arm as far as you can just to make sure that you don't get <laughs> syrup like, splatter. If you if you go in your backyard on a sunny day and you turn your hose on full blast and you put your thumb halfway over <laughs> the nozzle of your hose to spray your kids, that's what it is with RC Cola, Orange Crush, and 
Hawaiian punch lemonade. Okay. <laughs> That's what it is. And once you know that, you're kind of okay. When you don't know that, oh. your shirt is done. Yeah, the first time you're toast. Whatever you're wearing is done. toast forever. <laughs> God. <laughs> like, can we get a repair guy up here? Yeah, or if right. not, just like a sign. That's never been said before. Yeah. <laughs> the Coliseum. <laughs> I got, I got bigger fish to fry, but I mean, or just a sign that says stand <laughs> back when dispensing soda. That's all. Yeah. RC dog. RC dog. Hashtag. I mean, you know, if we can get that to trend. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. G man. Good seeing you, man. Yeah. We'll talk to you later. All right. Well, we'll be, we'll keep it consistent. Consistent. <laughs>